Welcome to episode 12 of the Ruben Rants podcast, or as it's more commonly known, the Queers at Play podcast. <laughs> You're never going to live that down, Ruben. No, apparently not. I'm your host for this week, Mark, and I am joined by Ruben. Hello. And as ever, Will. Meow, meow. So this week we have a, a bunch of small uh, announcements and release information to talk about. Uh, we've got our regular instalment of Backlog Bingo. And um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, an expansion that's been announced for a somewhat obscure Japanese MMO uh, called Final Fantasy XIV. I don't know her. Yeah, you might not have heard of it. It's very niche. It's, it's very niche. Um, but let's get started with some quick fire news. So um, I can't remember an episode of the podcast that went by where we didn't talk about CD Projekt Red, but it seems they've been hacked this week. Every episode for about two or three months now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you joked Mark about it being called Ruben Rants. I think it's actually called... Queers talk CDPR at this mm. point in time, and it's un- it's it's unfortunate because you know this has happened to you know as much as we joke about CD Projekt Red and the, the the shit that they've caused and the problems they've had with with Cyberpunk. This is this is something that has happened to a lot of big companies over the past five years. Um, yeah. and I think when you're talking about the possibility of um, employee private data being leaked and sold on the black market whatever the company is you know the employees definitely don't deserve that oh for sure and i i I wouldn't think at all that they ever would um that to be honest i haven't followed this story very much because i've i've reached a level of burnout with cdpr where i see that acronym and i'm like i don't care about this um but i did hear that one of the things that's come out of this is the source code of witcher 3 mm-hmm. is up for sale on the black market uh, as well yes yes it is well actually it would appear the latest news is that as of um i can't remember whether it's this morning or yesterday it has actually been sold oh and has exclusively been removed from whatever black market site that it was being sold on. So obviously a significant amount of money has traded hands somewhere. So it'll be very interesting to see what comes out of this in the future. But nothing nothing good, I would imagine. I just don't know. I mean, the thing I don't understand about someone buying the source code for a significant amount of money is what what are you going to do with that? Well, it's I mean the source code is included, but it in, it's everything else that was leaked as well. Okay, but you know there's there's opportunities for all kinds of shenanigans, I suppose, particularly with the source code for uh, a recently majorly released game like Cyberpunk. If anything is going to uncover the you know. The true nature of what's going on, it's the source code. True, but then that would only benefit the game at this point. So someone else messing around with the source code is probably going to be better 
than CDPR continuing to mess around with the source code, given the recent track history. True, it's just going to be someone who's going to take the source code and use it to make a game that actually works. Ooh, burn. Uh-huh. <laughs> but let's not uh, let's not focus exclusively on CD Projekt Red because we've devoted enough time to them over the past three months. Um, there have also been a lot of uh, a lot of news around release dates and an upcut for upcoming games. So uh, it was announced a couple of days ago that Kingdom Hearts is coming to the PC. I was very yeah. surprised, and also Ep- Epic Games exclusive as well. Yeah, a- another Epic Games Store exclusive. How much money did Epic Games pay for that? Is what I want to know. Quite a lot, I would imagine. Because that ain't a small acquisition. Nope. They've acquired uh, like one of the biggest JRPG releases of the last like 20 years. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not bad at all. Um, and alongside that, um, as, a, as another uh, Epic Game Store exclusive, Axiom Verge 2 has finally got an updated release window of, of spring. How much Congratulations, you Mark, scream? You please. Yeah. I was very excited <laughs> by this. I mean, I, I would like an actual date, but, you know, spring is better than sometime. Um, I mean, I will probably be picking it up on the Switch rather than the Epic Game Store, but nevertheless, I am still very much looking forward to it. Um, pivoting Back to Square Enix, however, um, near replicant footage was shown in a video today. Twas, yes. Uh, one Ruben, of the dungeons. You, you're the only one of one of us that's actually watched that video so far. Yes, because I'm a bitch for near apparently at this point. Um, yeah, they showed off one of the segments of the game involving um, uh, the city, the city of masks that I can't remember the name of. And people are going to lampoon me for not remembering the name. And also the dungeon that follows that. Um, And there are two great things about this. Firstly, the combat looks so much smoother now than Nier was on PS3, which was a clunky fucking mess at points. It looks so much smoother. Clearly the the influence from Platinum Games, from Nier Automata, has had some sort of retroactive effect on the Nier Replicant remaster as well, which is kind of cool. And secondly, was the fact that it was reve- it was released in a, in a sort of fine, fuck you people, here you go then moment on the official Nier Games Twitter, in which it was just like, people have been complaining, we've not shown you anything new. Yeah. Here you go. It's just like... It, it, it's it matters of like it it it's it's so it was so well worded that it blatantly came from tarot because it was like <laughs> you guys have been complaining fucking here you go then well have it then this is this is what you were asking for fine um and i'm not sure i i think it is the case but i would need to double check to be certain it's the case, but I think they've brought back the original voice cast to re-record their lines okay. in the remaster as well, um, which is fucking cool because the voice cast of the original Nier are brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I can't wait till April. I really can't. 
<laughs> Kaine is one of my favourite characters to ever be in a game ever. I'm so excited for that game. I'm with you, Ruben. I need it, I need it, I need it. Well, you've both pre-ordered it, so you will be there and ready on launch day. With our very yes. expensive editions as well. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> yes, very, very fancy special editions. It's the edition that, in fact, includes the screenplays for the games. So we're going to, be, we're going to have little script books that we can look at. You can go flip through and go, no, you, you got that line wrong. Oh, it's going to be so good. No, the thing, the, the main reason I got the thing is because of the soundtrack. Because to buy an official, like a full OST for a game is so fucking expensive. So it being yeah. included within this box, I was like, yeah, I can't not. I've got the Nier Automata. I might as well get the original Nier as well, soundtrack wise. Excellent. Um, in other updated release date news, Ratchet and Clank Rifts Apart finally has a release date of June 11th. I'm not sure that necessarily qualifies as launch window for PS5, as originally stated, but... Doesn't doesn't launch window, isn't it meant to qualify as something like six months, six to nine months or something? I think it's probably sneaking in, but, you know. <laughs> I always thought it was four within four months, like within a season of it. I mean, I think I largely be... it's somewhat arbitrary what they decide release window <laughs> means based on whatever launches within what they termed launch window at, at the launch of the console. Um, so, but yes, Ratchet and Clank, June 11th. Is that another, another, another launch day release for you, Ruben, that one? I wish I cared about it. I don't at this point. No. I'm looking forward to it. But we'll see. I've never played a Ratchet Clank game. So that's that's my difference. Um, but I guess we'll see what, what that looks like for me. Well you'll have to you'll have you'll have to dive into the uh the release on of, of the remake on the PS plus collection. Oh yeah, that that's definitely my plan is to do that. Um it's in my library. Uh not being played, but it's in my library. So that that may sh- might shape your decision as to whether or not you get, <laughs> you get rifts apart. Yeah, we'll see. It's not pre-ordered for sure. Um, you know, and I would imagine I would play that that one first. Yeah. Um, last couple of bits of uh, sort of release-related news that's come up in the last couple of weeks. Um, surprising nobody, there's a new Call of Duty game coming this year. I suspect no shit, that's a- Sherlock. I suspect that's as much as anybody has of any of us have to say on that subject. I mean, um, I'd be I would be more shocked if we weren't. <laughs> yeah, that would be the actual news. <laughs> They've decided to give up that cash cow. Give it a year off. I mean, you know, Ubisoft did it with uh, Assassin's Creed. They made it a an every other year franchise. Yeah, but I but EA just haven't had that Ubisoft style situation that they had with Assassin's Creed Unity. Um, Not EA. Where it was in such a... Activision, isn't it? Activision or Treyarch, depending on which year we're talking. Activision's Fine. Okay. a publisher, though. Fine. I can't remember who makes COD then, apparently. <laughs> um, they've not had that same situation as as um, as Ubisoft had with Unity, which you know really hit the sales of Syndicate the following year as well, because people were feeling so burned by the state that launched in. 
Mm-hmm. And I feel like you don't hear COD fans going, oh, it's COD as shit. Why well, can't we have had more time for it to develop? They just seem to have, be happy to have more COD. You could argue that's because they don't fucking change anything every year, but... <laughs> Except make it bigger. Not even that! Like, some of the more recent Call of Duties, they've removed the single-player campaign. It's like, that's not making it bigger, that's actually removing what was there last year. The file oh. size keeps going up, though. Oh, because demographics, though. Yeah, demographics, man. Fucking um, <laughs> And the final little bit of release news to cover is Stardew Valley 1.5 has launched on consoles this week with local co-op. And I've never played Stardew Valley, but it does look adorable. I've not played it forever. I, I really, really, really binged on it and then I haven't played it that much since. Um, I think it's really fun. Um, I think it's exciting that um, Concerned Ape is still updating it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool, the commitment that he shows to his projects. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just anxiously, anxiously awaiting news from him on Spellbound because that is the the wizard school game that I am happily anticipating without supporting transphobia. More news on that, please, concerned Abe. I want to know when I can get Spellbound. It'll Oops. launch the same day as the Hogwarts game. <laughs> that would be, be the ultimate troll. No, that would be such good trolling. They shouldn't do that. They are. They, if they were to do that, they will get destroyed in sales. Um, because as much as as much as we have moral centres and won't support transphobia. Doesn't mean other people won't. Um, I, I do think there's, you know, there's a big, very supportive Stardew Valley community who will, you know, I think they will hook lots of people in just by going, it's that new game from the Stardew Valley guy. Yay! <laughs> also, I, think, I th- also think that uh, much like Stardew Valley, this new game will have longevity in terms of continual updates of content and features whereas the i suspect the the harry potter game will probably just launch and be that's it that's the game done and then it'll, prob- it'll very probably quickly launch as live drop service off the, and then a yeah. few months later they'll decide they can't be asked doing anything and that'll yeah. be it and it'll just drop off the radar a little bit we can but whereas whereas you know concerned ape he is he is a single person he refuses to have anyone else work on his games. And he's, he's still supporting Stardew Valley as well as creating new stuff. It's astonishing. I mean, that is real commitment. And talking of people that are really committed to the cause, uh, Reuben's best friend, Jeff Keighley, announced that Jack Black is voicing Claptrap in the Borderlands film in yet another surprisingly rather high-profile casting decision for the upcoming film. This film, I don't know I don't know why, what the reason is, but it has attracted some proper good actors to it. It really has. There's some I money mean, connected to it somewhere. So I mean, there must be it. money connected to it, and I'm, you know... I'm guessing that there are, you know... Some elements of the script, you know, they've probably seen some of the script and maybe it is genuinely funny, you know? Uh, no, Borderlands, Trap... Borderlands is known for a very specific sense of humour. I mean, Claptrap is still in it, apparently, so it can't be that fucking funny. Well, indeed, as everyone will remember from the last episode, uh, Ruben is a big, big Claptrap fan. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Ruben is almost as big of a Claptrap fan as he's a Jeff Keighley fan. I think which is precisely why I sent this to both of you the moment that I saw Jack Keeley's tweet, because I thought it was the most hilarious thing I could possibly send to Troll Rupert. Yes, and it worked. I was instantly annoyed on four possible levels. Ah. But also, you know, you're a big fan of Jack Black, so... The it's, thing uh, is, though, I mixed, am. Mixed, mixed emotions there. I'm so mixed because I hate Claptrap as a character. I find him fundamentally fucking annoying and in the wrong possible way. I know he's written to be annoying, but I find him so annoying. It goes too far. It goes way too far. Um, but I really like Jack Black. And the thing is, I know Jack Black will be able to do that role well, but he'll be doing a role that I don't like well. So I'm so I, torn over it. I can see them reigning in that level of annoyance a little bit for the film. I hope. I mean, so. I definitely he, think in general he might be you know, bearable. I definitely think in general that you know the size and outlandishness of a character that you can get away with in a game is very different from what you can get away with on a film. Yeah. Um, you know, especially if you want to have a good cinematic outing for your film. If you make it too big, when someone is in a darkened room with an amazing sound system and it's just over-consuming, mm. it ain't gonna work. I mean, that's if cinemas ever reopen. <laughs> this is true. Ooh. This is also true. <laughs> oh, I really hope they do. Sonic the Hedgehog two comes out next year. <laughs> I mean, I, well, we're, we're drifting onto a different topic, but my my person is I suspect cinemas will reopen, but I suspect distribution will have changed, and cinemas are going to become more of a niche. Pursuit going to see a film in a cinema. Yes, you're probably right. It will probably be a lot fewer releases, uh, but probably mainly just these big, huge, but you know, big, huge budget releases that are going to attract the masses. And you're going to see a lot less of the sort of smaller indie releases. Anyway, we're diverging way off the, <laughs> the topic of this podcast. Join us next time on Queers on Film. <laughs> <laughs> um, followed quickly by Quiz Deep Book Club. <laughs> oh. We're going to drift back into console controversy now. Um, it seems like there are some reports coming out of PS5 controllers exhibiting a bit of drift. I see so what this... you did there, Mark, and it was very cunning. Thank you. Um, (laughs) So it seems like Nintendo are no longer the only uh, purveyors of drifting sticks. Question is though... What is it about analog sticks? Question is though, are Sony denying it exists? Because if they're not denying it exists, they're already better with this than Nintendo are. I don't know if yet it has reached the level of Sony making an official comment about it. Uh, but what I do understand that it's a real pain in the ass to get through to Sony support to get them to repair things. Yay! <laughs> so, you know, if you're having some some PS5 control and drift, good luck with that. And given that we three are all PS5 owners, I can see the fear in our eyes <laughs> at, the, at the notion that this might be drifting our way. I will be so annoyed. Because as it is, I don't play the Switch undocked, really because of drift and the fuck fuck off sony <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting that though this is 
suddenly started becoming a problem on the two, you know, two of the most high high profile home console releases in the last few years. What, yeah, that's what why have that's... they suddenly fucked up their ability to make? What is it about sticks? the way they're making analog sticks now that's different from the way that they were making them in days? It's interesting. Yeah, I mean, my but... like my um, my my PS One controller, my original DualShock, still works fine. And... Mind you, I think it's also fair to say that uh, Nintendo's first attempt at to analog sticks wasn't wholly successful. No, yes. I destroyed a number of N sixty four controllers by by playing Mario Party <laughs> too vigorously. Once they got quite um, almost, there, there's like a gritty sensation when you could feel that they were starting to go. They did literally easy. grind down, and Mario yes. Party in particular did it because there was one mini game where literally you had to rotate the stick as fast as possible so people use that part. Yeah. And then ended um, up and it just destroyed them. And also blisters and all sorts. And that's where that's why Mario Party Two didn't have any game, anything like that. And they haven't like, done any no, since. Not again. <laughs> no, exactly. No more lawsuits from children burning their hands on our controllers. Um, Google have shut down internal development for Stadia. I mean, this has obviously been a huge success for them. I'm. I'm. I. I must admit, when I read this news story, I was like, Stadia still exists. <laughs> it feels like it feels to me like they, they never really tried. And now they've given up. And no. it's going to die a slow death. See, the thing about it is, and the thing I find most, most frustrating, not joking for a second, is they said initially when Stadia was released, the reason they started up these uh, these development studios is because they knew that it takes several years to develop a game. They were aware of this at the time. But yet they've given it less than a year and then closed down the studios. Well, and also, they they, they seemingly understood when they opened the studios or bought the studios, because they bought some of them, didn't they, that, you know, content is king. And you ain't going to, your platform is not going to fly if all you're doing is selling what people can get as an experience elsewhere. No. Reading and between the lines from their announcement, though, it does seem very much like they're intending to sell the technology going forwards rather than selling access to games on the technology. So you could well end up seeing it hosting uh, hosting games for, say, the Switch. And to me, that, like... makes, that makes much more sense. You know, yeah, I can does. totally see that they built a really solid game streaming platform, you know, from what everyone can tell, go and sell it as a B2B thing. They don't have to get into the gaming business to make money out of what they've created. No. They could definitely. they can just sell it on to other businesses because they're experts in infrastructure and, you know, internet and all that kind of stuff. But that's you the know, thing. They're just though. their expertise. That's the thing though. They did create, as you as you say, from what I can gather, a very solid streaming platform. But then they got far too fucking greedy with it. You can't charge a monthly subscription and also charge for games. Yeah, they didn't. They well, they weren't. They weren't willing to do what you know. They they either weren't willing or didn't put the effort into going and making the kind of deals that Microsoft has gone and made. Yeah, to build Game Pass to be what it is. So they basically just went to Activision and or and Ubisoft and whoever and said, "Do you want to have our games 
your games on our platform? And they said, yeah, how do we make money? And they went, uh, you charge for them. And so then they all put their games on at the same price as they normally put their games on for. Mm-hmm. And then Google also went, well, we need to make money out of this somewhere as well. So we're going to charge a subscription fee. And and there you go. There, there was the makings of the shittiest decision that a lot that a business has made in a very long time in the games industry. And that is really, honestly, a hotly contested accolade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could go on, but I'm it was rude. yeah, it was just never going to fly, and they, they didn't see that. And also, as I understand, the other thing that's happened, um, as well as them shuttering some studios, is they've moved on. Uh, one of the senior people I think has left who did actually understand the gaming industry, which might also suggest she was fed up of all of the nonsense <laughs> that she was being forced to do. Yep. She might have been like, I'm leaving this sinking ship because you've not followed my advice and I've had enough. This is all very true. Um, a little bit of news that's popped up. The... UK Parliament have had a private member's bill, I'm sure we'll be able to tell you more about what that means, uh, to tackle console scalping going forwards. Do you want me to explain a private member's bill first? It well, basically, essentially... I, what I understand from a Labour's yeah. point of view is that this is yeah. a bill that has been raised by somebody that is not a member of the Cabinet or the, the government. So, yeah, so it's not a government bill. Um, there is, basically, they have like a rattle to decide, you know, everyone will go into the drawer... And they draw out which order people get to, to introduce private members' bills in. So if you're near the top, you've got a better chance of introducing one. Um, private members' bills have next to no chance of becoming law. No, but um, it, does, it does raise awareness of the problem. It does raise awareness. And, but also, you know, there are some, um, there are some private members' bills that have, have become law. Um, most famously, um, you know, abortion was repealed. Of repealed the ban on abortion. Let's try again. <laughs> that makes more sense. No more the abortion. ban on abortion was repealed in in um, in England and Wales by a private member's bill. Um, so sometimes it's used as a way of like a government going, "This is a bit too much of a hot potato topic." So if we get a me- if we get it introduced through a private member's bill, and then we can just let it have time and it will pass. Um, obviously, this is a slightly different one. Um, personally, I. I think it's interesting that people in Parliament are, are taking notes of what's going on. Um, my question is, and this maybe also comes from my my political views as well, is that I am not necessarily interested in banning something. I am interested in stopping something. Um, and whatever is done, if a ban is put into place, it relies on the retailers to come up with systems that are actually going to stop scalping which the retailers are not doing regardless. So, and they all say that scalping isn't allowed. So I'm just kind of in a position of like, I don't, I want to know what will actually change other than saying someone could go to prison for doing it. I guess I it's, having, it's, I guess it's that, that deterrent they're hoping will work, but who knows? Anyway. The Join us next is, week think, on Queers Talk Politics. <laughs> <laughs> I think the important thing here is that people are taking notice of it as yeah. a serious issue. Yeah. And exactly. I think I think it's something that affects, you know, it's it's affected everybody here's ability to buy a console at the price that it's released at. Yeah. In this launch window. It's mm-hmm. yeah. made it much more difficult than it needs to be. And you've got these people going out there buying 
you know, tens, if not hundreds of consoles and charge and then reselling them on at double the price. And people are so desperate to get hold of them because, you know, I guess societal pressure and the desire to have the latest new thing. And they're paying, you know, they're paying through the nose for it. And, you know, I guess part of the problem is that people are willing to pay such ridiculous prices. But yeah, um, it looks like the prices, from what I understand, for people who've been looking at eBay, it looks like the prices are dropping starting now. To, yeah. Like so, three you know, I think later. we won't we won't be it won't be too long. I'm not suggesting that everyone's going to be able to run out and get a PS5 if they want a PS5, but it's it's looking like it won't be too long until there's there's a lot less scalping because people aren't going to scalpers aren't going to take the risk if they think there isn't any profit to be had. I mean yeah. that 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 works in that's working in parallel with the fact there's more stock now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like more yeah. more places are getting more allocations of stock. Exactly. So therefore, the the prices that people can sell on. For is and also, well. also, if you imagine, you know, there's there's a finite pool of people who will pay twice the price. Yeah, um, they've all gone and bought from scalpers already, or a certain number of them have. So the price that people are willing to pay is coming down. You're getting to those people who are willing to pay price and a half, and then you get to those people who are willing to pay price and a third. You know, and then eventually, the people who want PS5s will just be able um, to go into a shop and get one. The people who are only willing to pay retail and who will wait until they pay retail. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so that market disappears. So Nintendo. A couple of bits of Nintendo news over the last couple of weeks. First one that I think we probably don't have a huge amount to say about is the updates to the Switch Online SNES and NES library. Uh, we've had uh, big hits such as Doomsday Warrior, Prehistoric Man and Fire and Ice added for the SNES and Psycho Dream added for the NES. I know nothing about any of these games. I mean, I think that's what we can say, isn't it? Yeah, I know nothing. <laughs> wow. Scraping of the barrel. Wow, wow is this lackluster. I saw the trailers and I was just like, what the fuck's this shit? <laughs> Nintendo, you really need to like, like, at least like, just, just don't add games. Because this we... is what you had to have to add. Just don't add anything. Add some Game Boy Advance games, please. Or See, some N64 well, yeah, games. Yeah. Another platform would be great, but if you're not going to start adding another platform, just stop adding games. See, like, what I thought it was... reminds me, It reminds me of the time that... Um, oh, God, now I'm really hoping I'm not going to get in trouble. I'll say it anyway, I don't care. Um, it, reminds me of the, it reminds me of the year that um, my boss at the time went off and spoke to our board of trustees. I work for charity, for anyone who doesn't know that I work for charity, about, about Christmas... And the trustees came back and said, you can spend £10 per head. And it's like, this is a slap in the face. I would rather have nothing than have this insulting thing. That's kind of how I feel, Nintendo, <laughs> at the moment. I would literally rather have nothing. I mean, like, try working in retail and having that every year is all I'm going to say. But um, the thing I, f- I think is that there must be some sort of licensing thing going on with Nintendo Switch Online because there are still a lot of really good games on the NES and SNES that haven't made their way to the online service ahead, like with like ahead of these, whatever these, what these fucking things, um, like like Chrono Trigger and Super Mario RPG. And the, but there's 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 several. They're, they're, they're going to have to be striking up deals with the likes of Square for that. Yeah, and you know Square are probably seeing a lot of success. You know they re, they released uh, the Mana the Mana games paid for as Switch release, so they're going to get more yeah. money out of that. I would as as are others, they basically it for free. They basically looked at how successful the 
Nintendo Virtual Console model has been. Yeah. And they've adopted it. So you go and look at things like the Mega Man collection. You know, they're not going to put it on, on Switch Online because they can sell it and they can make more money. So really all it. Nintendo can do is release games that they own completely and publish themselves and things that are for obscure, defunct developers yeah. that no longer have any commercial interest. Yeah, things things that no one is going to make more money from by trying to sell it themselves, <laughs> essentially. <laughs> because let's be frank, none of us would have bought those four games. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of looping back. It's kind of the same as the eBay thing. Like the market of people who will pay for those games has dwindled to such an extent that you may as well just chuck them on Switch Online. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the second and perhaps more interesting bit of uh, Nintendo news is the Switch sales figures. So Nintendo announced uh, in the last week or so that the Switch has now sold 79.87 million consoles in just under four years. That's so it's, out, isn't it? it's outselling. Um, if you look at if you look at um, pace versus number of months, you know, rate per month or whatever for how how far along it is in its life cycle. It's outsold the PlayStation 2. At it is outselling the best, at this point in time, uh, outselling the best selling home console of all time. However, yeah. the thing you need to factor in with the PS2 is the PS2 had an incredibly fucking long life. I don't, really? think, I don't, I don't think any other console was... For sure. Was, was lasted, has, no, no console, full stop, I think, has lasted as long as the PS2 did. Life lifespan wise, um, but still, and I wonder still, how much of that though was absolutely down to Sony massively ballsing up the launch of the PS3 and trying to charge six hundred pounds for it, <laughs> and well, everyone would, went, "No, we'll just get a PS2, mate." <laughs> I would just like to take you both back on a journey with me. We're going to step into a time machine, um, and we're going back to twenty sixteen, late twenty sixteen. The Wii U is 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 having its last few rattly breaths um, that it's taking, and um, certain people on the internet are trying to tell us that Nintendo is doomed, and their only hope is to become a third party developer. They have said that every fucking generation. Yeah, sixty four. It ain't changing. They, they even said it around the time that that the Wii was doing less well. It's like, have you looked at this? It's also like these people don't. People don't understand businesses um, necessarily, and they don't understand the way they work, they work, and they don't go and look at things like Nintendo's absolutely ridiculous cash reserve and understand that they could have continued having the kind of losses that they were having with the Wii U for something like 20 years, and they still wouldn't have run out of money. Mm. Like, they, they have such solid history. Um, they're golden. I believe in in the sort of around a hundred years plus that they've existed, there have only been th- three or four quarters where they've made a loss. You know, their <laughs> their profit must be enormous. Well, indeed, because even even when even when the Wii U was was making a loss, um, they had at that point turned the 3DS yeah around. Yeah. 3DS was was driving that profitability. I mean, the 3DS um, the 3DS. Maybe the DS still stands as my favourite console Nintendo have ever made, if we're including handhelds. There are mm-hmm. so many games on the 3DS and the DS that I truly, truly love. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, the Switch, my, and the Switch is out doing it. It's like, 
my heart belongs to the well, somewhere between the GameCube and the SNES, but yes. Oh, if we're eliminating handhelds, if it's somewhere between the GameCube and the SNES, is that not the N64? (laughs) (laughs) Not in terms of release order, Will. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I just wanted to comment on, I know you jotted this in, I know it's Mark, because I'd commented on it. Um, Animal Crossing uh, is, um, I mentioned to you both, it is the first console exclusive ever to sell at least... 30 million copies in a single calendar year. Um, it's worth pointing out that it was only on sale for nine months of that calendar year. And it's still got its in excess of 30 million copies. Um, and it has an attach rate of 39%. You know, within nine months, 39% so do I. of Nintendo <laughs> 39% of Nintendo Switch owners um, own a copy of Animal Crossing. It, it's a juggernaut. Mm-hmm. It is astonishing, and I think, you know, we will probably see um, it's just behind Mario Kart now. Um, you know, give it, let's see where we are when we get another set of results in three months. Not going to be surprised if it is the best-selling game on Nintendo Switch. It's astonishing. It's not even that good. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's making the money, so I think Nintendo don't really mind. I will say nothing more. I don't want people killing me after this podcast. <laughs> I actually, I just saw someone. Um, I can't remember who it was. It might have been a long-term listener of the show. It might be someone else. Um, talking about they just restarted playing um, uh, New Horizons. And they just got to the point where their first new villager come and moves into the campsite. Um, and they got, I can't remember his name. It's something like Kurt or something. He's a dick, he's a bear, he eats bear claws. Um, and it just suddenly reminded me that actually that was the exact reason that I stopped playing because he was the first person to come to the campsite. And I kept going back every day and ignoring him in the hopes that he would go away. And eventually someone told me that you don't get a choice and the first person who moves into the campsite has to move into your town. And I was like, well, I'm done then. He's not moving in. <laughs> Fuck this bear. <laughs> and I've not played it since. <laughs> And this is exactly why I never even bought the game in the first place, because I knew something like that would just fuck me off and then I would stop playing it and then I'd be like, well, that was a waste of money, wasn't it? I mean, I did spend like 30 hours until I said, fuck this bear. So, you know, you spent 30 hours before somebody came to move in. I mean, fuck that. No, 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 no. So the way it works, Mark, is there there are three villagers that just move in and then you build a campsite and you're meant to be able to woo the people from the campsite, and they may or may not move in, but the first one that goes into the campsite has to move in. Um, so yeah, after 30 hours, I was just like, no, hard pass, done. You can all die as far as I care. These, this island is dead to me. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> He's living there. Right. I guess it's time for a bit of backlog bingo. Yeah, Bring it on! Yeah. Right, Will, you have spent Mark some of the last two weeks playing a little-known game called Fortnite. What? what? I didn't know her before this. What is she? <laughs> <laughs> Who is she? 
I don't you want me to literally take over from there. <laughs> I can't, I can't, I'll just start. <laughs> it's fine. Um, so I did. I all of my play for Backlog Bingo this time around has been on string. Um, mostly because I thought, you know, I'm not playing something story related, so I can just play on string with people and just just see how I get on. Um, and I certainly have thoughts. I have a variety of thoughts leading in a variety of directions. Um, Mark knows some of these because Mark indeed came and came and watched some of my stream. I popped in for twenty um, minutes yesterday. I, yesterday. Didn't, I, didn't, I didn't stay too long. I didn't want too many spoilers for this exciting. You didn't want too many spoilers. Um, well, the first thing I can say is is good God that game needs to do a better job of telling you what you're doing. Um, I mean, obviously, I understand the premise. That's fine. Um, but you know, I loaded the game up for the first time. It took me absolutely forever to make an account and to get it linked to my Nintendo account and I had to like point my phone at a QR code on the screen all this kind of nonsense um, and then it threw me onto a complicated menu where I didn't really understand any of what was going on but I just hit a button that said join um, and I went into my first match and I kid you not it literally doesn't tell me what button to use to attack someone it is that light on tutorial um, I'm running around randomly pressing buttons trying to see if I can swing my pickaxe at someone um, died very quickly. Um, I just want to point out at this first... point that this is one of the most popular games amongst people aged sort of <laughs> 9 to 12, so... <laughs> I know, but why is there no tutorial? Like, I'm all for not having lengthy and complicated tutorials, but tell me which fucking button to press, like, to attack someone. That is not an unreasonable thing to ask. Um... Um, Again, most popular game. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Will. Um, so I died. I died very, very quickly, um, and I was there at the beginning of that stream, thinking, "Oh my god, that stream is for two hours." Um, we have all agreed that we will play um, any backlog bingo game for at least four hours. Um, so I knew that not only did I have to play that game for two hours on stream, but there was more time after that. I'm just sat there thinking, oh my god, this is going to be a very, very, very long two hours. Um, and then it turns out, um, shout out to lovely, lovely Lewis, um, aka Harmonious, because he did say this on Twitter. Um, then it turns out, they put you in with a bunch of other noobs. So, actually, I was quite good. All of a sudden, I was quite good. All of a sudden, like, oh, I've placed nothing this time. I've placed nothing. All of a sudden, I won. I won! I won a game in my first my first two hours of playing Fortnite. Admittedly, I won that game. In fact, we'll get to how I won that game in a moment. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold that ball. I'm gonna hold that ball. Um, all of a sudden, it makes me feel good about myself. Um, I'm not doing badly. Um, and in fact, I came back. I did a second stream of Fortnite. I decided I would, I would play it on stream again. Um, I came back. That was yesterday. Um, I won my first match of that stream. I think I won three matches in my first stream. I won the first match of my second stream and then did abysmally for a while. Um, and then for those who saw it last night, I finished by winning. I was like, this is going to be the last match. And then I won again. And I was just like ecstatic and over me. I was like, yeah, big adrenaline rush. Um, so I can totally understand how that adrenaline rush is getting you in. Um, in terms of what I think of the gameplay, I think the best thing for me to do is to explain my experience of of playing Fortnite feels somewhat akin to Katniss Everdeen's 
experience of the Hunger Games. Because <laughs> everyone's already laughing. You all pile onto the bus, you pile onto the bus. Um, it turns out there's a button to say thank you to the bus driver. I have no idea why people do that or what it achieves. But, you know, because I saw that people were doing that and because it hadn't told me which button it was, I had to work out which button I could press to say thank you to the bus driver. Um, and then you all parachute down into this arena, you know, we're skydiving, we're parachuting. Um, and suddenly I'm Katniss Everdeen. You know, I'm on my own, I'm in the wilderness, I can hear gunshots in the distance, and I'm running away from it. I'm running away. And that is basically my experience of Fortnite, is seeing no one and hiding. <laughs> and coming out at the end and trying to kill them. Um, and I spent most of my time just running around. Um, did you did you get into therefore, any of the the crafting elements? No, no I've not built any stuff. I'm not really I, sure. I, I mean, get, again, I get the reason it's why. Not, it's not really told me which buttons I'm meant to use for any of that. So <laughs> that might be part of why I've not done it. But I understand that you can like build walls and shelters and hide in them and stuff, and that's part of like. And I did my first game. I won. Um, there's this. Evidently, the current season of Fortnite has this mechanic where. Um, there is a storm um, and you will land on the island and then you get a certain period of time and then it shows you kind of the circle of what will be the eye of the storm um, and it starts out very big and then it shrinks down into it um, and then each time it, it shows you a smaller circle so it's kind of it's pushing you all together um, a bit like when I'm going to continue with the analogy um, a bit like when Katniss has got too close to the edge of the arena and they decide that they're going to shoot fireballs at her to try and like push her back into the path of um, of what are the names of the professional like ones that come from that come from District One and District Two? Anyway, those ones are like really vicious with Max, um, but kind of hot. And you kind of look at them and you're like, eh. um, I'm revealing too much about my views on hunting games here. Um, <laughs> um, so it's like it's like pushing you together. And and the first game that I won, I was like in the middle of this desert section, and I went in this building, and I was like, I'm just going to hide in this building for a while. And it turns out that that building was inside the very smallest circle that Storm gets to. So I basically just hid in the building on my own for like 10 minutes. <laughs> and then came out and killed one person. And I was like, I just don't understand this. So um, there's that. Um, I find it a bit dull, probably, on that front. There's a lot of doing nothing. Just, just wandering around, wondering if you're going to bump into someone. Effectively, the arena is too large for a hundred people to be running into each other all that much. Given that it's, you know, everyone is coming from several different buses and is therefore spread around the entire arena to begin with. Um, there's also um, no music. Um, I was speculating on stream. I don't know if that's because they're trying to sell me music. It's quite possible that they're trying to sell me music. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, that made it eerily quiet and tense. And I think that added to the, the Katniss Everdeen experience. But feeling like I was in some quiet forest, roaming around the woods, just listening to the sounds of the nature around me. Um, uh, so there's that. Um, I also had some absolutely spectacular fails. I can't remember if you were there for one of the spectacular fails last night, Mark. Um, I landed somewhere. There, there was one where there was one where you said I've taken no fall damage, and then you jumped off the top of a building and died. 
Yeah, yeah. Anytime I jumped, I hadn't taken any damage, and I was up the top of this lighthouse. I was like, I can't be bothered to walk down all these stairs, and I just jumped up and then I died. It's myself laughing. That was quite funny. Uh, also, the time that um, there was just like an NPC stood in front of a doorway right near the beginning of, of the match that I was in, and I was like, sod this, so I just like like hacking him with my with my pickaxe and it killed me. <laughs> Uh, I, 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 I did like see that one as well because this NPC had just like shot me once. <laughs> I, I, was like, I, I didn't. I wasn't actually aware it had NPCs in there until until that happened. Yeah, there were NPCs stood around. There also, I did come across like there's this group of like vicious NPCs, um, but I also don't know if that part. I, you know, having only ever played in this season, I don't know if that part of the season or whatever. But they like come out of a box and they've all got guns and they all start shooting you and I'm just like any time I ran into them I was like ah, run away run away. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch on um, that really disconcerted me um, and I was referring to this mark but not saying it the the incident mm -hmm. the incident um, and actually really weirded me out and as someone who works for a young people's charity really concerned me um, I was playing solo last night i went in and from the get-go i picked solo and every time i clicked to play another game i assumed it would just put me into a solo game and one time it put me into a group of four people and all of a sudden i could hear voices in my ears because i was on their voice chat without at any point having chosen to be in a team or chosen to join a voice chat um and that's weird. That's just really, really weird, and it's a bit fucking creepy. Um, and I actually had to go and work out how to meet them in the voice chat while trying to trying to play a game because I just didn't want to listen to them. And why are you suddenly in my ears when I have not opted in to listen to voice chat at any point in time? Um, that's kind of the serious point, you know. That worries me. Um, and like I know it makes me want to go and speak to my um, my half brother's ex partner, who's my my nephew's mum, because I know he plays a lot of Fortnite, and I know she worries about playing Fortnite. And I'm just like, actually, do you know, like, have we got, have you made sure you've got the setting right? Because I don't want this happening to him. I don't want him suddenly speaking to random strangers on the internet. Um, so that's the serious point. Um, I would say I enjoyed to an extent my time with Fortnite. Is it for me? No. Um, I think, you know, it's probably not a surprise that a a shooter is not for me anyway. You know, we know that's not my thing. Mm -hmm. um, you do like making yourself play them a lot though. <laughs> see, I'm glutton for punishment. See your upcoming stream of Doom Eternal when you reach your follower goal. Yeah, um, just just 13 more people to get to my follower goal unfortunately play Doom Eternal on the stream. So do come follow twitch.tv slash warfare.uk just a little plug there um i can see why people i can see why people get hooked on it because like the the rush of winning is is big um i don't know why people would get hooked on it if they never won because <laughs> yeah for me that's kind of all there was and as i said it was just i was just surprised at how dull it was and how little time i spent actually fighting people i'd like to sum up my thoughts on your thoughts um in the form of a well-known meme and the meme is 
the old lady in the wheelchair with the young daughter next to her going, let's get you home, Grandma. As Will says, <laughs> games used to have tutorials. <laughs> games still have tutorials. I, I complain so often to friends about games that have such ridiculous over-the-top tutorials, and yet this thought he could just send me in without telling me which button to press to shoot someone. Uh, that just popped into my head. It amused me. Uh, right. Um, so, last little thing to do with Backlog Bingo, and that is for you, Will, to pick a game for me. So, okay. just to remind you of what is left in my Backlog Bingo list, um, you can choose from The Sims 4, Tacoma, Hellblade, Crosscode, The Last Guardian, and Tell Me Why. I will be perfectly honest. I I looked at this list earlier today while I was preparing, and I was looking at it, I was going, well, apart from because they're on Mars Backlog bingo list, I think I've only heard of two of those games. <laughs> <laughs> so that maybe has slightly limited my choices. Um, and I gave it some thoughts. Um, and you know what? I used to really enjoy a game <laughs> on this list um, when I was younger um, and so therefore I thought it would be quite interesting to hear where that series has gone since then um, and so I would be interested to hear your thoughts on The Sims 4 I'm very excited about this I was really hoping for The Sims 4 <laughs> a nice you know chill relaxing game where I can just lock people in their house and torture them. That's the, point. Them in the <laughs> That's the point of the game, right? I, I always liked, I just always wanted to build like a dream house. I was into it from like an interior design point of view. And people said they didn't know I was there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. I always, I, I, you see, I've never played The Sims 4, which is why it's on my back of Bingo. I have played the very first Sims game. So again, it'll be interesting Ditto, to see one how far it's come. Um, but, you know, when I when I played the original Sims game as a kid, you know, how people didn't know that I was gay by the fact that all of my relationships were two men <laughs> in that game. Never a heterosexual relationship. Uh, so, okay. Well, tune in next time to hear my thoughts on The Sims 4. It's good Yay, to ha- can't wait. It's good to have another backlog bingo where we don't really like the game. <laughs> 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 I'm just trying to think. Was that what elements of of that the closest I've got to a Ruben-esque rant? Yes, I was. I was living for it. <laughs> I thought you would be <laughs> balance, though balance. Yeah, I mean you. you but also, get the safeguarding sorted epic. What the fuck is that? And you, certainly, while I watch you on Jesus. stream, you you know, despite the. Gripes, you definitely seem to be enjoying it and having fun. So, yeah, I kind of, I, I, I think I would say, good, not great, not for me. Yeah, is kind of the summary. But I had a good enough time playing it. I didn't hate my time playing it, and I seem to be somewhat successful at it, which which came as a bit of a surprise. So, moving on to the final segment of our podcast today, we're just going to very briefly talk about that obscure MMO expansion that I mentioned at the start. 
Um, I can't imagine there's much excitement for this in the group. So we'll just kind of skim over it. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV, Endwalker. Oh, my God. Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the new expansion for Final Fantasy XIV, which launches sometime in autumn 2021. Which is when, when we were expecting. So, you know, it's come out of the window we are expecting. Uh, previously, it's the expansions have come out in June, July kind of time. Uh, they have been very, very, very upfront as a team. Um, through this whole global pandemic about how that's affecting production. Um, in fact, Ruben Nysan watched at one point a, a live letter from the producer where they spent about 30, 45 minutes going into very interesting detail, actually, about the challenges they faced trying to trying to develop the game while people are working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've been very clear that they're about three months behind. So it's going to come out about three months later mm-hmm. than we don't expect. Well, I mean, so what's interesting, though, is that the the kind of first uh, sort of major patch after the pandemic hit was the one that was delayed by three months. But actually, since then, everything has returned pretty much to its normal cadence. Yeah, and it kind of, that that aligns with the kind of stuff they were talking about in the mind letter. You know, they they had a lot of problems, um, you know, including things like, you know, their, their development servers are understandably designed to only be accessed from within the company's internal network. And suddenly they have to find ways to make those be accessed from outside the company's internal network. They Safely suddenly have to find securely. ways. Yeah, exactly. They suddenly have to find ways to be able to test, you know, that first patch had a 24 person raid. Um, they needed to be able to do testing on that 24 person raid when you've got 24 computers that are all remote from the network that the servers are on, you know, Development servers that aren't built to the same specification as the servers that the game runs on because, you know, they don't need to operate over the internet normally. They just need to operate internally. Um, So once they got those things sorted, yes, they could just get back up to speed. Um, It just took them a few months to get it sorted properly. So let's run through a few of the uh, major things that have been announced as part of this uh, expansion. Now, I will say here uh, we will do our best to avoid spoilers uh but there may be a few minor spoilers that pop up so if you don't want anything spoiling i suggest you um i guess skip to the end of the podcast because this is what we're talking about now until we finished so (laughs) take that as Uh, a fair warning can i talk about one of the main things in musical form you can talk about whatever you like will and this may make some of us reminisce for our childhood um we're off to butter moon (laughs) We'll follow Mr. Spoon Button Moon. I mean, when I saw it, I instantly thought of uh, Tim Curry in, in Red Alert 3. You know, we're off to the one place not yet ruined by <laughs> capitalism, the moon! <laughs> replace capitalism with Asians. I know, but the Asians have been there. We've literally no, seen the Asians on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> well, specifically, we've seen Elidibus on the moon. Yeah, well, so, and Unical but he's so the warrior of light slash warrior of darkness slash whatever he's calling himself nowadays um, is going to be disappointed when he gets there and finds like I don't know, like Asian rubbish just littered around the moon. <laughs> Perhaps what I should have said is the one place not yet ruined by the warrior of light, the moon. <laughs> <laughs> or if you ask, if you ask certain members of our free company, the one place not yet ruined by Totoro. <laughs> she'll find a way to 
make profit off it, I am sure. No, it is it is super I mean that trailer of him stood on the moon. Good I mean like good God that's exciting. Like I have no idea how he's got there, what he's doing there, why on earth he is there, but he's on the fucking moon. It would appear, that, so it would appear that, that they're getting there via um, Star Destroyer, from what I can tell from the logo. Well, possibly, but then there's also, there's, uh, what's the mount? Someone remind me what the, the mount is. Whale. The Lunar Whale. So, so there's a lot of Final Fantasy comes four, 4 references. Yeah. Final Fantasy IV is all the fuck over this expansion. I mean, just based on the fact that the job, the key job in this game is Paladin, and Cecil in four goes from being a dark knight to a paladin in the story of Final Fantasy IV is just telling in itself. And if you include the moon and the lunar whale, um, and all of those minions is... that are coming for um, FanFest are all Final Fantasy IV minions. Yep. They're all Final Fantasy IV minions as well. Plus, also the fact that the new job, which we will get to, I'm sure, is called Sage and Final Fantasy IV had a sage <laughs> it's like every uh, everything in this expansion is like really pointing towards final fantasy 4 yeah i I'm, love and, it i'm talking about lunar whales I, I mean it leaves me wondering and we are going slightly spoilering um although you know, like if you've never played the game you'd have no idea what i'm talking about probably um is bismarck gonna take us to the moon bismarck is how we no. got to other interesting places you think no no i think it's going to be the actual lunar whale amazing um, which, if they go the Final Fantasy IV route, spoilers for Final Fantasy IV, we didn't give a, a, a spoiler warning for that, um, but you actually drag the lunar whale up from the bottom of the ocean in Final Fantasy IV, and seen as in Final, in Final Fantasy XIV and Walker, we're going to an island, which has a lot of water around it. It's Faster. Just I mean, last time, speculation. last time we saw a version of Bismarck, he had led us off under the water into a little underwater dungeon. But fair. True, but what that's water. That's also, that's also that's a Bismarck different, can assuming, survive in space. True. I'm also assuming that's a different Bismarck, because that's Bismarck in the first, not Bismarck on the source. Bismarck on the source is much less hospitable to us in our experience. Oh, he's a bit more dead in our experience. <laughs> <laughs> he could be revived. Hmm. Uh, primal, primal. True. But equally, I do wonder how literal the, the, the logo for the game is with what's clearly some kind of spacecraft well the lunar whale is a spacecraft okay technically i was also just living for um you know speaking about the logo is it going to be some kind of asian creation then i'm guessing perhaps found alongside i don't i I seem to presumably not an asian creation but maybe um my brain's gone really blank there's elegant creation yeah. I mean, it could be elegant, but they're like we're getting very heavily into. But spe- I was I was not expecting speculation territory. Um, <laughs> but like, I'm I am guessing, and if I'm right, I will be so fucking pleased with myself that the lunar whale is going to be of the same technology that the void arc was made from, because in the trailer the tower that Van Daniel is standing in, which is the towers that are around Final Fantasy XIV, if you're playing at the moment, there's several towers littered around the world. Provided you completed the, the MSQ 4, 5.4. 4. 
Yeah, if you can't but see anyway, the towers and you're nowhere near that, don't get confused. Yes. You're not missing the towers. Um, but the, t- the tower that Van Daniel's standing in, it has very similar internal aesthetic to the Void Arc. So I'm thinking this technology all ties in together in some way. But that's pure speculation. I could entirely be wrong. But the Lunar Whale would have the same aesthetic, I would have thought. And it appears to in the mount, if, if that's anything to go by. I feel like as much as I'm enjoying the, the lore and the speculation... Shall we move on for our listeners? <laughs> I feel like that's lost. enough. That's enough. Yes. We, we, we have lost like 95% of our listeners. <laughs> if, you're, so, if you're still listening, um, just tweet at us saying I heart Final Fantasy XIV lore. We'll see. Right. So a few, a few I, other I kind of announcements that, that came out of this. Uh, so I'll just run through a few of these quickly and you guys can, can chime in as and, as and when. So the level cap of the game is being raised to 90. Which um, is unsurprising, really. Yeah, because, uh, but I believe that's also coming with 18. a bit of a... Yeah, yeah. They're, they're going to be making some stat adjustments alongside that. Is that yeah. what you're referring to? Um, yeah. Uh, so the level cap itself, unsurprising. Current level cap is level 80. Uh uh, the original level cap was level 50. Every expansion has added 10 levels to the level cap. So we were absolutely expecting to go to level 90. Um, they also spent... Uh, and Mark, I don't know if you actually... I don't know how you caught up on the news because you weren't watching live with us. I don't know if you read. I don't know if you actually watched. They spent a disproportionate amount of time, I think it would be fair to say, um, explaining what you've put in as the stat squish um, to explain that basically everyone's HP is going to be lower when when it comes out. Uh, the damage you're dealing is going to be lower, but everything is going to be scaled. Um, and apparently it's basically all to do with the fact that the numbers have become so big, the calculations have become too big, the server is is struggling with all the calculations that it's having to make. So they're making all and, the numbers smaller again. Um, and and to, in- add, to add two numbers to that, just so uh, to, just, just to clear this up, if I remember correctly, they said that all of the stats are going to be reduced by like 80%. Yeah, it's going to be which is, a change. We are going to notice that. Yeah, my health, my health is going to go from over, assuming that's reduced by 80% entirely, goes from over 100, 100 and something thousand, it's going to be down in, you know, 2030. And the second thing is, the re- one of the reasons why they decided to do it is because the number, as Will said, the numbers were getting too high, and they actually revealed a number, and yeah. the number they revealed is that one boss in 5.5, the patch that is upcoming, has 44 million HP. Ruben, I hate to have to correct you. It was, in fact, 440 million. You've missed That's the power yeah, It was even even <laughs> worse. 440 million hit points. That is some hidden Final Fantasy boss level bullshit. For hit points. <laughs> and the thing is, we wouldn't have even noticed because we go by percentage, generally speaking. Yeah, we just get a bar so and a percentage. We don't get a number. We would we would have just seen the percentage dropping down. We wouldn't have known that it has that many hit points. 440 million. And to be fair, you know, I assume, given that the next patch is going to have a 24-person raid, I assume that is going to be the final boss of the 24-person raid. Um, but it's huge. I mean, like, it's a huge number. So another of the uh, major announcements, um, belts. Belts are no more. <laughs> How are we going to cope? 
I actually just want I to say I love that we latched onto this. <laughs> I, I love I love the way that it was handled on social media. Um, in that I don't know if you both saw um, the official Square Enix account tweeted "R.I.P. Belts," um, <laughs> to which the Final Fantasy fourteen account just replied "F." And I thought it was the most hilarious thing that I've ever seen in my life. No more belts. Um, but also hilariously, the 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 trailer. Um, for for Endwalker starts with quite a close up of the Warrior of Light's belt, of <laughs> which he's wearing two. <laughs> I also I also saw a tweet saying that uh, if he were dead, Nomura would be turning in his grave at the lack of belts. But for those you know, for those who are listening and don't know belts, um, it's a long long time since belts have made any difference to your character cosmetically um so they are basically just another stat and they just i assume though they are going to have to somehow along with this stat squish readjust your character stats for the lack that you're not having the boost from that particular item yes but then i guess i guess if you're doing it at the same time as the stat squish um you can you can take that into consideration and make it all work um Plus, as, as we all know from playing it, so much of it is based on average item level. You know, actually, I don't know how the system works in the back end, but they push average item level, so um, they should be able to even out in some way, I would imagine. No, to be fair, if you, just, if you just discount the belts as existing at all, your average item level will remain the same. It would probably very, very, very marginally go down. Or because because, of the, se- because of the second ring, but that's the only reason it would very marginally go down. Movements are confused by maths. Is this like the Ridge of the Ridge of Honor Lighthouse boss all over again? Yeah, it, I it, mean, it, your, I get, your, I your, your item average though is taken as a as a whole. So whether it goes up or down is going to depend on whether or not your belt is higher or lower than the average. True, true. But for those anyway, who, who we're getting out very there, deep into very pointless maths, very slightly lower, but probably on a rounding basis, no one ever knows. Um. A couple of new uh, jobs to be added. So firstly, um, there is going to be a new melee DPS job. Uh, they haven't announced what that is, but rumoured perhaps to be Necromancer. The more I think on Necromancer, though, the less convinced I am. So Ruben, okay. I, know what, I know I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. So I did not know. I'm, I've not played Final Fantasy IV. Um, but I had learned that there was a lot of Final Fantasy IV going on here. Um, but I did not know that Sage is a job in Final Fantasy IV. Yes. Is there a melee DPS job in Final Fantasy IV that we could possibly be seeing? I don't think there's one that we haven't already got. Okay, fine. That was just my that my one that's literally come up during this podcast recording. Final, Final Fantasy IV is very magey in a lot of its a, a, a lot a lot of the party members are to do with magic. Um, but Sage does operate very, very differently in Final Fantasy IV to the way it looks like it's going to in Final Fantasy XIV. So, moving on to that then, the other new job, Sage. Oh, pew, yeah, pew, spoilers, sorry, sorry pew, if you Pew, 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 pew. I mean, we, Fucking... we've given plenty of spoiler warnings for this whole section, so I think we're okay. <laughs> I am 100% sold on this, this idea of a pew, pew mage. That is great. Um, it does look great, and it also has um, it also has a sage cage. 
to put naughty <laughs> tanks into, which I love. I think it's um, interesting to see what, you know, they discuss that um, they view, as we do, indeed, I know, because we talk about this a lot, you know, white mage is an out and out healer. Scholar is all about barriers. They've told us Sage is going to be all about barriers and therefore they're going to be adjusting Astrologian, which could be e- either type of healer to be more of an out and out healer. So that'd be really interesting that it's not, you know, we're going to get a major rework of one of the other healers as well alongside a new healer. Mm. I mean, the good thing is about that is, um, firstly, that's going to make queuing much easier as a healer because now that they've divided it into two different healers, they're changing the duty finder to do that as well. So like it does with the melee, where it separates the melee out and oh, tries to make a party. So for like, for like, for like eight party, eight yeah. player parties, it's going to make sure it's got one of each type. Yeah, or it'll, or it'll try at least yeah. to, to have one of each type. Um, but the thing is, I've been thinking ever since this live, le- uh, live letter, ever since this showcase, I've been thinking about Astrologian and I'm like, they have to really fucking rework that to make it an out and out healer. They're going to have to really fuck with that job yeah. to make it work. It's going to be an a out big and change. Out and we know, we've already mentioned because like, so I know one of our, friend, our mutual friends, Lewis, is slightly crying in Astrologian. Um, all of these mm. announcements. I mean, to start with, they're going to have to remove neutral, uh, neutral and nocturnal sect, and those two things alone are going to change that job fucking dramatically. Um, there's just they're going to have to re like. I know they said they're going to do a massive rework, but it's I am fearful of how much of a rework that is going to be for Astro mm-hmm. to make it a pure healer because. As it currently stands, White Mage is the only pure healer. Because um, even when Astro has um, Durnal Sect and is kind of behaving like a pure healer, it ain't got a fucking patch on it. Yeah, it's, it's not up to par with the White Mage at all. This is true. Um, I mean, this is speaking as someone who is very heavily playing Scholar at the moment because I have stupidly decided to join a Savage Party. And... Clearly, I hate myself, so I've I've ended up changing to scholar. So, um, but yeah, the healery work is going to be interesting because I have thoughts on how I wanted white mage to change. But in all fairness, if I'm changing to scholar, fuck it, <laughs> just do whatever you want to white mage. I'll be fine. Um, some new areas have been revealed. So Thavnir. The Garlean Emperor and, as we mentioned, the moon. The moon. The moon. The moon. Full moon. Half moon. Don't don't eclipse. Well, Thavne is a good choice, seeing as that's been revealed on the map of the world for quite a long time. Um, the and map Thavne of Idle Thavne, It does look gorgeous. That um, right plaza they showed us looked really, really beautiful. And it's got an Aztec-style yeah, theme. It's very, it's very Thavne. aztec and Yeah, definitely. Um, which is, you know, that's pretty fucking interesting. That'll make some really, that'll make for some really interesting dungeon designs because we had some really interesting dungeon designs in Shadowbringers, um, and I really hope they continue that for because, in all fairness, I think back over Shadowbringers and I can't think of a single dungeon I hated. Uh, like aesthetically, they all look gorgeous in their own way um, and have interesting gameplay mechanics, etc. I'm pretty vexed, like just I, I would say Malik as well, but just because. It's a well, so it's underground, and there was only so much they could do. I just find it a bit dull. I don't find it 
it doesn't it doesn't i don't hate it i just don't love it um it had interesting bosses anyway oh no um, i love I, gameplay wise i really enjoy it visual wise i just find it a bit dull um so favner to be honest i would have liked other places but favner for me i'm fine with this uh plus also we finally get to go to the place where the onions are from um, because fa- Favnerian onions for everyone. Um, uh, Guardian Empire. I'm shocked that we get to go there. At last. I thought what we've. I, I thought what with the place being utterly fucked right now, we wouldn't go there. But apparently so. Well, I kind of. I guess that makes sense given their claim that this is going to finish off the whole current story arc. Mm. Uh, so I'm guessing that includes. Asians and the Galian Empire and stuff, and tidy it all up, ready for whatever comes next. And, and I guess you know, to your point, Ruben, we are we are not being taken to the version of the Galian Empire that perhaps people may have one time wished that we did. We would have oh, been yeah. taken to. We have been taken to the totally fucked version of yeah, the Galian Empire. Are... Everything is in ruin. You know, this is, this is true. This 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 empire has torn itself apart. Uh, we've not actually had to do anything. As warriors of light, they've they've turned to civil war instead. Ah, uh, Xenos, fucking everything up. Um, and then obviously the final one is Damoon, um, which we know next to nothing about, really. Yeah, we know next to nothing about. But if they're going down the Final Fantasy Four route, that means we're gonna pro- we might visit the Lunar Subterrain, which is a kind of dungeon underneath the surface of the moon, which would be quite cool. I'm really, really um, hoping. I mean, that would the... make sense because because visually the moon's. You know, not the most interesting. But it'll be interesting to see. And I'm really, really hoping the main, the main city of the expansion will be on the moon. Um, you know, we've been told the place that we've seen in Favner is um, kind of the second city that we're getting. You know, it's the the secondary one. So we've not seen the main one yet. So I assume the moon might be it as the main area that we we're getting. The Yule more to the uh, Crystarium, if you like. It will either be that or it'll be Garlemald will be the big city. Because Xenos isn't isn't going to have a beautiful place. I think we've been spoiled by the Crystarium, you know. We have been spoiled by the Crystarium. Because the Crystarium is fucking stunning. It's gorgeous. Yeah, anything. I mean, uh, Radz Alhan is beautiful. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I I reckon that the the, the big city is either going to be in Favner or it's going to be on the moon. Because, yeah, Garlemald is fucked. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm just really looking forward to exploring new areas. I've 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 done the Shadowbringers areas to death. Although I've jumped in recently to do the roll quests again, and I'm going and I'm back in um, Lakeland, and I'm like, fuck, this place is great. Why haven't I been here in ages? Lakeland um, is beautiful. It's so it's beautiful. beautiful, and the music is so good and so yeah. epic. Um, speaking of which, we've got a whole new fucking soundtrack of Soken to come. So excited. Is there anything more about 14? Sorry, I should check the list rather than just... Well, continue. I mean, there's the Final Fantasy 14 meets Harvest Moon. Which uh, I, I just Island, loved. And, that know, we know very little about, but... Mark, you said you wanted to summarise what I thought about Fortnite in a meme. I would like to summarise what I think about Harvest Moon meets Final Fantasy 14 in a meme. Uh, which is that meme of the dog that sat there while everything's burning around him saying this is fine. 
because that's going to be me <laughs> in my little island sanctuary. Garlemald is burning, the world is burning, everything is being destroyed. I'm just like, I'm going to do some farming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to harvest my potatoes. Yeah, exactly. Potatoes. Um, a couple of other minor things. Uh, Astinian is joining the trust system as a, as a character you can take into dungeons. Excellent. And he's got new armour. Looks uh, good. So also expecting he's going to be he's going to be a full on scion of the Seventh Dawn. It makes oh, sense if he's in the trust system. Yep, uh, Ishgardian housing will finally be available. The worst following... kept secret in Final Fantasy XIV at last. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is it the what housing? <laughs> We've been doing the Ishgardian restoration. There was clearly some purpose to it. <laughs> um, and uh, the Pandemonium raid. This looks really interesting to me, but we don't know anything about it. We know next to nothing about Hebrea. Yeah, that key art looks amazing. We've seen key arts, and that's basically it. Um, and we know it's it's entirely original raid to Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, it's not based on any other game, as many of them have been. You know, they've brought in lore from other other parts of the Final Fantasy universe. Um, so that's exciting. <coughs> and uh, the last little thing is the Anima Primal. I'm so excited for Anima. It's going to be a fucking nightmare. I can see it coming. It's going to be fun, don't get me wrong, but like that is going to be an absolute shit to take down, and you know it is. True. I, I, I just also think like the, the, the backstory and the lore behind Anima is, is like one of the most heartbreaking, gruesome things. Um, and for that mm. to come to 14, strangely excites me. I kind of want to see what they're going to do with, with that law um, and where they're going to take it and how she's going to fit in and all those kind of things. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for Anima. Because I think, I, you know, I think I I um, am very upfront to always say that Final Fantasy X is my favourite single player Final Fantasy. I'm very clear about that. I don't know where I'd put 14 in relation to 10 if I had to try and choose between them. Um, and that fight against Anima is just... You know, it's it's breathtaking, um, and then getting to use Anima as a summon there afterwards is is so exciting. So I'm just I'm just super excited. I just hope it means we don't get Master Seymour because I hate him. He can take <laughs> a man and jump. So he was, this he was been... a, enough of a cunt to kill the first time round. Wow, that's the, the strongest <laughs> swear we've ever gone with, probably. No, that's definitely been used by Ruben before. Yeah. Okay. I, I would. I don't recall it, but it must have happened. <laughs> Probably describing <laughs> Jeff Keighley. I also think when oh, I when yeah, I say that Master Seymour was um, enough of a cunt to kill the first time around, I mean the first time, and the second time, and the third time, and however many times it is that you have to kill him in that fucking game, because he just keeps coming back. Oh, spoilers for Final Fantasy X, apologies. Well, this has been episode 12 of the Final Fantasy fancast. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Uh, as ever, you can join our Discord uh, at discord.quizatplay.com or follow us on Twitter at quizatplay. I've been Mark and I've been joined by Ruben. Hi. And Will. I'm just going to go and collapse into giggles. I think in a corner. This has been so much fun. <laughs> and we will catch you in another couple of weeks. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. God, we're stupid sometimes. <laughs> <laughs>